In this Valentine's Day special, I talked to therapist Sally Baker about how to win at the dating game. We discussed the lengths love bombers will go to, how to recognise good green flags, and don't feel downhearted if you're single. Your prince or princess may be around the corner. You just need clarity on what it is you're looking for. Try the quiz in the show description to give yourselves a head start and join me as we look at love through a different lens. Welcome to another episode of the Perception Podcast with me, your host, Caroline Partridge. Today, I have the great pleasure of talking to Sally Baker. Sally is an award-winning, highly experienced, licensed and accredited therapist, writer and speaker. As a master practitioner in many of the latest therapeutic approaches and with more than 25 years in private practice, Sally has developed the most effective ways of working to resolve and release whatever is stopping her clients from fulfilling their full potential and how to help them maintain ongoing positive mental health. Sally has also written books on key aspects of therapy and is often in demand in the national and international press, magazines, BBC Radio and influential online media platforms for her expert opinion on human behaviour. She's regularly invited to speak and lead workshops on resilience, achieving peak performance and how to recover from trauma and PTSD. Sally originally worked as a journalist in the 1980s in the film and television industry and then moved into film production and post-production. With her many years of working in film and television, Sally recognises the pressures on actors when in front of the camera and works closely with a well-respected acting academy to help emerging and experienced actors manage the challenging impact acting can have on their mental health. Now, I can testify to that. Sally always says, therapy isn't for everyone, but if you've tried everything, it could just be what you need. Hello. Hello, Sally, and welcome. It's so fantastic to have you here. Thank you for having me. Yeah, brilliant. Now, um, one of your many hats, which I didn't mention in the introduction, is that you are an expert in online dating. Yes. And yes, yes. And in uh, honour of Valentine's Day, um, we're going to be talking about how you can, I suppose, um, you're going to give practicable, practical rather, you're going to give practical, actionable advice um, to help people to become super savvy. Now, this is what it says on your on your on the the website for your course. It says super savvy and have the love in your life that you've been seeking, which I think we could all do with. So, yeah. yes, Sally, please take it away. Tell us more Thank about your you. course. So but it's a mindset. The whole dating thing online is a mindset. You, If you were interested in antique cars, you would go where they were antique cars. Mm-hmm. If, you had, if you had an interest in strange and, strange and hard to find moss, you'd go to a place where moss grows. Mm. If you want to be in a relationship, then you've got to tackle it like a project. Mm. and set aside some time and some energy and resources to bring it to fruition. And it's got to be on your radar. So when you're in a kind of, when you're looking for romance, it should be in every aspect of your life. You know, is there anyone at work? Is there anyone you see on the bus or the, or the underground regularly? 
because love happens in the strangest of places Mm. once you're open to the prospect if you're closed down it's not on your agenda it's happening still around you but you're not picking up on your radar okay state of mind okay so so with your course then are you what are you uh you're pointing people in the direction of self-help um are they looking at themselves first before and is this for men and women by the way it's for men and for women because it's just about people and it's about getting clear getting clarity on what you're looking for so when we're looking for romance we can actually feel quite vulnerable and be Mm. open to lots of distractions and getting entwined in things that really don't serve us and don't suit us. So the whole idea of my course is that we get very clear, you get very clear in the process and it's an enjoyable process of what you're looking for before you go looking. So if you're a woman in your 40s and you're looking for a, a, a life partner, for instance, then it's really it's really good to have made that, those parameters and put those parameters in place. So when you get swiped and emailed or contacted by a 28 year old you know who's up for a laugh and wants to hang out then you can think to yourself well that's flattering and it's attention Mm. and I thank them for it but it's not who I'm looking for because otherwise without being clear about who you want it's very easy to think oh my god I've got attention attention's coming into me I'll go for it it's not quite what I was looking for but you know it doesn't really matter because I was never very sure what I was looking for and then you can get really hurt mm-hmm. and pulled into something that, or an experience that you really didn't expect or want. Mm. So it's about clarity. Yeah, it's interesting because you're talking about, well, with, with my experience of online dating, I, and I think a lot of women I know that are kind of around my age are are a bit wary of online dating I have in the past you know maybe 10 years ago dabbled a little bit with online dating but but what put me off was the uh I suppose was the was the 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 guys that would be contacting me and also there it just seemed you know just seemed that basically this is this is oh, a, an opportunity to hook up as opposed to you know, anybody who's really looking for a relationship. Sure. But when they show you their truth about who they are, I think it's Maya Angelou who said, you know, when people tell you who they are, see it, see Mm. it the first time, because that's their truth. So if someone who you think, oh God, this is a prospect, this seems like someone who could be really good news. And then they do something like that, which is a red flag. That's not what you're looking for. Mm. Then, then you have to give thanks. You have to be grateful that, okay, you show me who you are. I don't have to waste any more time. I wish you well, and I'm sending you on your way. You're not what I'm looking for. Mm. It's not. It's not about angst. It's not about um, being let down. It's it's them showing you who they are, and you saying that's great. That's who you are, but it's not what I'm looking for. Yeah. And then you let them go. Um, and it, it's a numbers game, so you can't just kind of play with online dating and then stop. Mm. Or just have one kind of crappy experience with a guy with a comb over. I could tell you <laughs> so many experiences about guys with comb overs. Um, you just have to treat it like a project. Set, as I said, set resources and time aside. I recommend don't do it till spring. Lighter nights, you know, it's darker, darker later, so you can get home safe more safely, mm. um, and it's not cold and horrible. So it's a project for the spring, 
and then numbers. So you can contact a hundred guys and then talk to maybe 50 of them and then email, you know, for a couple more weeks, 25 of them, and then decide to meet 10 or five of them and see how it goes down into, into the intensity and see, see who's going to be good for you. It's not about finding the one person that's for you. There's about 10,000 or maybe it's even 10 million prospects for each of us who could be good matches. So it's just about being out there. I'm very optimistic about it. I'm from three generations of social media dating. So my parents were pen pals back in the 1940s after the war before they met um, and they married. And then um, I met my second husband through online dating and we got married, I think it's 14, 15 years ago, but we've been together like 22 years now. Uh, And that's been great. And my son and his wife met seven years ago on Tinder and they've got a two-year-old now and happily married. So, and Tinder, you know, is an infamous hookup site. So it's not about the sites. It's about mindset and attitude. And so I think all the sites could work for you. Bumble could work for you. Bumble appeals to lots Mm. of women because it's Bumble on Bumble site where the women get to say, okay, I'm interested and see whether the guy responds. You know, you can't get gazumped by a by a bloke women feel more in control and also what happened during lockdown is we had slow dating so when when it was hard for us to meet and we weren't supposed to meet and all the rest of it people extended the dating process so they would get takeaways and and sit on the ends of their zoom calls eating their takeaways and communicating with each other and when they finally wanted to meet then they would and so, you know, you, you go at the pace that you are comfortable at. And if anyone is pushing you or um, harassing you to meet quicker than you're more comfortable with, that's another red flag. Yeah, that's a red flag. Yeah, I think um, it's it's interesting what you say about the about the dating sites, because there is a perception, a very, a very big one about certain sites that are purely uh designed for people who want to just to have sex and no relationship you know i can think of i can obviously think of tinder which was made really famous by the 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 netflix series the tinder swindler yes um which obviously didn't do that uh platform much, <laughs> much no, good, no. i don't think um and then you have other sites which everybody like Guardian Soulmates, like you said, doesn't exist anymore. But you have yeah. these kind of very specific. They're very niche. There's something like 450 yeah. different um, sites now. The, you know, the wow. Jewish site, the people of color site, the the people in uniform site. The, there's something for everyone. It just depends how far you want to drill down and how specific you want to be. Yeah, I don't actually think sometimes we we actually know very clearly what I mean we're looking for good people we're looking for yeah, yeah. human beings with good hearts um so I think you can get distracted by oh well they've got to be I mean I've had clients come in and and they told me they go oh, I have a list and men will have a list and women will have a list and it's a list of physical attributes and they and you and you look at I look at their list and think okay so he's got to be six foot two and if I'm working with a woman she says oh he's got to have a salary of x amount all this stuff goes on mm. all these game of playing and posturing goes on and I said but what kind of person do you want them to be what what kind of heart are they going to have do they Mm -hmm. care about animals are they going to kick your cat across the kitchen or what so it's not it's not about any of those things I don't think those things should be deal breakers I think those are things that people put in place to stop them 
finding love to, because it's scary. To find love is scary. So they say, no, I've got this impossible list of stipulations that people have to meet is, is a way of game playing. Yeah, it's it is, isn't it? It's a way of a way of blocking yeah, anything. Making sure it never happens. Yeah, blocking anything that could come to you that is right for you, but because you're so focused on one aspect, you don't see what's approaching you that that could be that could be right for you. That could be really good for you. And yeah. sometimes we can be taken by surprise about what's what it feels like to to be some, with someone with a good heart and mm. someone who's a good person. I mean, I know online it's 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 hardcore it's re, it, it's challenging you have to be a bit teflon so you know you can imagine yourself like a teflon frying pan with a bit of a coating on you mm. so when all this rubbish comes from these people making judgments about you people who don't know you you can ping it off ping and it can go over your head like a teflon mm. coating because um you can't take this stuff to heart you just can't so you have to again it's about clarity and about having the end game in sight, knowing that you want to be in a committed, loving relationship or knowing that you want to get a hookup for Wednesday night. Mm. Mm, yeah, both because, are valid. Both are valid. Yeah, exactly. Both are valid. It's, it's, it's you deciding, I suppose, that it's deciding what you want and not uh, making do with something that you don't want in the hope that it will manifest into this wonderful thing. Cause I think a lot of oftentimes we, we enter into something thinking, oh, well, this will change. I'm, yeah. I'm not quite happy with that, but maybe it'll change if I, if I'm, if I'm compliant, if I work really hard at this, but it's, it doesn't change. It doesn't <laughs> Does change. It? No. It no. really doesn't change. And people do show you who they are. And you've, we've got to be open to hearing that. And women are often, I think more than men, are tend to be optimistic about when mm. when they meet someone. And he says things like, oh, well, you know, and when you ask them, what's kind of past relationships have you had? And I remember one client and she said that um, this partner that she met had told her that he'd had lots of um relationship disasters because he'd been he'd always been unfaithful but he said that he was you know felt that he was changed that he wasn't going to do that anymore and i think you can hear that in a couple of ways you can hear that and think oh well he wouldn't do that to me or i'm going to change him i'm going to be the woman on the planet that changes this man's modus operandi or you could hear it and think to yourself i'm i'm not going to get involved with someone who is potentially that sort of you know unreliable unreliable mm. and unbounded in his behavior so mm. people do tell you their truth and they it's almost a, that thing about murderers always confess mm. men and women tell you their truth and it's down to us to really hear them not run a dialogue in our in our minds that we can change them just and just hear them just allow ourselves to hear their reality and find out whether that's a match to us or whether it's something that is abhorrent and not what we want yeah. Yeah. Um is now the you have do you have any statistics about how many people are how many people use online dating? Is it I, is it are there I don't have any statistics about there? how many people use online dating, but it's now the primary way of meeting a life partner. Wow. About a decade ago, 15 years ago, it was it was at work and prior to that it was on the dance floor. And 
those things have gone to the wall now. It doesn't, I mean, you know, work now is a place of, of where one is careful at work really mm. quite often mm. um, in how we interact with colleagues. It's, it's, it's a place of rules and regulations. And in some industries, it's very frowned upon that co-workers have relationships. So it's not the hotbed of lust and depravity. It might have been back yeah. in the 80s. So, and the dance floor thing, I mean, that was 50s, 60s and 70s, but I'm not sure that's still a thing post-COVID where people are going massively back to dancing. Mm. So it... It's online dating is a rich seam that opens up a whole a whole new ways of meeting people and mm. people who wouldn't necessarily come across by accident. Yeah, That's fantastic. It should be considered. It shouldn't be something that you're scared of. And there are 450 odd different dating sites. So, as we said, some of them highly niche and some of them more um, generalized that you can look at and see which one you like the feel of. And try not to take things too seriously as judgments about yourself. If you find you are, it might be that you've got um, hungover stuff from previous rejections, Mm -hmm. previous failed love affairs, previous bad experiences that are getting triggered when you get rejected in the in current in current times mm. and that's interesting to look at because i think that that means that you need to do a bit of work and clear the decks clear some of those past memories past experiences past love disappointments so that you can meet someone open-hearted and realistic about who they are mm. and does your course go through and how does how does the course work in helping somebody to take actionable steps to Hate, I suppose, heal or to make themselves match fit. <laughs> yeah, literally, you know. I think it it encourages the course encourages people to be a detective of their own psychology, so they can see what's going on with them. Yeah, um, and it and it also helps with watch looking out for red flags. Amber flags are the ones that you think uh-uh, maybe, and just it means that like you've got to check out a bit more. And also the green flags, like how to spot the good women, how to spot the good guys. And what that, what does that look like? And if you've had a history where you've not really had good guys or, or good women, because, you know, we can blame men in the dating game. We can say, oh, but they're dreadful. They're like they're in a sweet shop and they're really disrespectful and all the rest of it. But for every horror story I've heard from a woman, I've heard similar from men. It's, mm-hmm. it's you know, it's about, it's about people and it's about finding the good people out there. And so what should and what should people watch out for then? You're talking about red flags and some. Well, a, a common red flag. And I had a client this week who who said, oh, God, I think it's happening. And she'd met someone online that she really liked. But he was love. It's called love bombing. So he was really over the top with her. And on the second date was saying, oh, why don't we book a holiday for June? And why don't we do this? And why don't, you know, massively kind of over egging when they barely knew each other Mm, mm. and that can unless you're firmly have a firm footing yourself you can get quite swept away with someone else's enthusiasm for you and the potential of the relationship that you might be having with this other person but the red flag is that this is not proportionate this is not yeah really don't talk to Mm. me about June yet let's talk about next week let's let's just slow it all down Mm. So love bombing seems to be a thing that either men or women can get involved with. And it's and it maybe it's because they get caught up in the enthusiasm of the moment, or maybe it's because they really want to um 
to knock someone off their feet. And while they're knocked off their feet, they're easier to, to be manipulated, to be influenced. Mm. I was thinking about that guy um, that used to be married to Kim Kardashian and he had a, he got a new, I can't remember his oh, name. Oh, Kanye he's West. Because he's changed it now, Kanye West, because he's changed his name, hasn't he? Yay. Um, <laughs> yay. Um, so he was going, he went out with an, a new woman and he bought her a whole hotel suite worth of clothes, designer mm-hmm. clothes. I mean, they've split, they split off after about four days, but that must have been sort of like the ultimate love bombing. Like, wow, this is amazing. This is exciting and exhilarating, but oh, it's also a bit weird. Mm. So when your gut says, oh, this is a bit weird, that is your intuition working to your higher good. And you need to pause, find a way of pausing. Mm. I think, I think though also it's quite difficult for some people with that, even when you do feel alarm bells sort of gently starting to ring before they get really, really loud. I think, I think it does take quite a lot of self-awareness to be able to, to say, whoa, Let's just stop, you know, because Kanye West is the example that you've used. He, that is his MO with all the women that he's been out with. It's this very controlling, I'm going to control what you wear. I'm going to control your image. And how you look. And how how you you look. look. Exactly. I'm going to control how you look. And these women have, even though they've wanted to leave, have stayed in this really obviously dysfunctional relationship. And so, so how, this this is the thing, it's just like, how do we get ourselves in, uh, in a position to be able to have the wherewithal and the courage to kind of go, right, okay, no, this isn't right for me. One actionable step that we can all do is, be aware of how much we tell our friends about what's happening in our relationship. So if you're with a new partner and you go out for an evening with your mates, are you telling them, oh, by the way, he's done this, this and this, or she's, you'll never guess what she did, this, this and this, Mm. or are you keeping it secret? Because if you're keeping secrets from your mates, it's you probably on some level deeply uneasy about how this is unfolding for you. Wow. Because if you're telling your mates, oh, you never guess what happened the other night with so-and-so and you're open about it and it's cool and they're laughing with you and they're sharing their stuff with you, then it's not dangerous. But the danger is when you know on some level that actually this isn't sitting right with me, so I'm not going to tell my besties because they're going to call me out. Yeah, wow. And they will because the girls will go, what? Yeah. And the guys will go, what? <laughs> yeah, they'll be like, run for the hills, my friend. Yeah. Yeah. So that's, that's the that's, ultimate test. What you're telling your best is and what you keep it back. Yeah, that actually that's a really fantastic way of framing that is mm. is just understand how much you, you want to disclose and why you're not disclosing something. Yes. I mean, yeah. I'm not even saying like tell your mom because, that, you know, it's also well, loaded with mothers. Yeah. yeah. It's so yeah. loaded. But um, I think with best is because they're your peers and they're your people, they're your crew. And if you're mm. not sharing it with them, then it's a red flag. Something's worrying you and it's, and it's, and it's a conversation you don't want to have. 
So yeah. it doesn't it doesn't mean you have to bring it up with them. It means you have to have an awareness that this is happening. This this subterfuge is this kind of swirling river underneath is happening that's that's worrying you. Yeah. Because because we are talking about people making getting themselves, as I said, match fit, you know. Um uh and your course is designed to how does it lead them through are there are there different stages of of completion and how there's, long there's, does it take yeah there's different levels i mean the the the, the course is a self guided course and and you just print out a, a pdf and you work through it and so yeah. and it's very important to do things when you when you're working psychologically with with your own mindset it's really important to write things out by hand there's a link between how we write by hand and how we mentally process information. So it's not about typing stuff and filling in forms. Um, so you do the form and it asks you very pertinent questions to find out whether stuff is resolved and put away and re- released and resolved mm. and gone, or whether memories buried alive are still, you know, memories buried are still alive and still bothering you. So just like you can't do your own root canal work, it might come if you're noticing that there is lots of unresolved trauma in your past through dating and relationships, that you probably need a couple of sessions to do some more work to find out. With therapy, we don't talk about um, the bad things that happen to us and, and the enduring effect that those have on us. We talk about the, in, the judgments we make about ourselves. Mm. And that seems to be more harmful and more enduring than the actual event. So if you've had a really terrible, savage breakup, or if you've had been really disappointed in love in the past, what are the judgments you've made about yourself and the role you played in that scenario? Because if those judgments are harsh and critical, then you're probably, then that's probably affected your self-esteem and who, and who you think you are and how you behave. So it'd be really good to get some insider help on that to clear it. Mm. And so then you can move forward and he- yeah. well heal and move forward and, uh, and stop blaming yourself. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I- sociopaths are very rare. So most of us have only ever done the best we could do. We absolutely mm. know that sometimes our best was rubbish, but it mm. was the best we could do at that time. So mm. I'm all for much more self-compassion and self-forgiveness for everyone, apart from the sociopaths and the psychopaths, <laughs> but um, yeah. who are probably out there as well, you know. So, but yeah, ordinary ordinary people doing their best and trying to get by, then we need more self-compassion and self-forgiveness. The thoughts that we have that are that go around and around in our heads about how we we could have been better or we did something wrong or there was shame around this or there was guilt around that or yeah or, or trauma as well yeah so I yeah. had a very beautiful client in her late 30s and she was looking for love but and but she had an incredible impenetrable kind of carapace she was very quick-witted and snappy repartee and sarcastic and would just when she was on a date she'd cut people to the bone and, and I'm just saying is this really working for you is this you know how did that one resolve? How did that one work out? But she couldn't get past um, her anger, really. She was still really furious. She was full of anger. And she went away to the States and came back, flew back to the UK a couple of weeks later and had a blind date that night. And fascinatingly, because she was jet lagged, when she went on the blind date, she was quite soft. 
because mm. all her quick wit and snappy repartee and um, just kind of acerbicness and, and gone because she's just a bit jet lagged, bit gone, bit bit tired. And she came back in the week after and said, I think I've met him. He's amazing. And I just <laughs> said, oh, my God, it's because you let him in. You mm. allowed this because she was just pushing everyone away so effectively and so resolutely that no one, no Prince Charming could, no ordinary human good person could get in until she was so knackered, so jet-lagged that all her defences were down and she was just her without mm. the front. Allowing and it was a pleasure, a pleasure to see. And I still know three years later they're still together. Oh, yeah, it's lovely. So I'm hugely <laughs> optimistic about people. You just got to meet the right one, which is again back to the numbers game. You're going to have to kiss a lot of frogs. Oh, You're just going to have to do it. God, get ready, get ready, pucker up, but, pucker up, um, and also don't waste time though. As soon as you know it's not going to work for you, then all they've they've shown you their red flag. Then you can go, okay, I can let them go with love. Off they go, and on to the mm, next. Mm. And. um that's that yeah it's very interesting isn't it because you kind of think well what if there are lots of people who appear on the radar but none of them are it's kind of like no 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 no, there's no way there's no way on god's no no I'm not gonna. It depends I'm not on the criteria, there. isn't it? No, no, he's not six foot two. No, that one's not six oh, yeah. foot two, and all that. I mean, the heightest stuff is very yeah. current at the moment because all the jokes about Sunak and his height—it's just pernicious. Mm. So we're we're in that place, but um, it depends what the criteria is. If if they if they if you're meeting them or you're online or chatting to them and they're telling you some misogynist, sexist jokes, and and you go no, and that's that's fine. Mm. But if what are they saying to you so early on that that shows you that they're not for you? You know well, what is that? Thing? Yeah, well, the Tories I, never knownly shag a Tory. That's <laughs> that has to be a thing. <laughs> that has to be a thing. Uh, that is a rule, actually. I'm telling you that now. It's a dating rule. Never knowingly shag a Tory is the rule. <laughs> Oh yes. yes, yes, indeed. Yes. Um, um, uh, <laughs> um, Sally. So I think maybe, <laughs> maybe we should. Uh, <laughs> on that note, we should finish. But no, I was going to say to you. Um, I think sometimes it's for me in the past when I'd gone on to, uh, you know, onto websites or dating apps or whatever. Um, it would just be the people that I would, you know, that would be messaging me that I would think I just don't, I just didn't fancy them. I just sure. did not fancy them. And, and there was, so it wasn't even as, I, I hadn't even gotten as far as, well, I know what your personality's like. It was just, it was just sort of actually, no, that no, don't fancy you, you know. And this course of mine was was uh, released at uh, Sex Week at for Ohio University in 2019, mm. and it got reviewed in GQ magazine. And there was a whole dialogue in GQ about the photographs that people choose, mm. you know. And there's hat fishing, so you always so whatever photograph of because you put out a few photographs, not just one anymore. Um, and the, if a guy's always wearing a hat, is that because actually? <laughs> It has no hair, and that's called hat fishing or cat fishing. 
That's a, that's a funny take on it. But, but actually what we are looking at is 125th of a second. That's the shutter speed of a camera to wow. decide decide whether someone is what, you know, loving, has a good heart, yeah, is generous of spirit. I don't know. And I also think that we should all get, if you're single, you should all be getting your mates to pimp for you. Yeah. Yes. You, know, you should be getting your bloke friends to introduce their friends because that means they've been vetted. That means they're part of a wider circle. That means we already know who they are. They're accountable. They behave, men behave and women behave better when they're accountable. So get all of our friends to pimp for us, to find us. Have you got any single mates? Come on, you can bring them to the pub. You can bring them dancing, all that stuff. Just just tell, put it out there. I'm looking, you know, and, and just get your friends to help you. Yeah. Some girlfriends. We have girlfriends who have spare men. What are they keeping them to themselves for? <laughs> mm, I don't know. <laughs> I think got, I know lots of women who are kind of in this, a similar boat who are like, where are they? Where are they all? Come on. You know, but if you go to rock concerts, if you go to Travis or I was thinking about Signa Ross, I went to see Signa Ross recently and there was a sea of blokes. And I thought, and I looked, I was up in the balcony, I looked down at the f- floor bit of this gig. I thought, oh my God, all those years of wondering where the blokes are. This is where they are. They're at gigs. <laughs> They're at fucking horrible rock gigs. There was millions of them. And if you go to contemporary dance, that's where all the women are. I mean, these are cliches. Yeah. I recognise these are cliches. But, you know, if you are looking for people, and we, we don't have to just do online, it's about real life as well. Mm. It's about having that mm. awareness. So go to galleries, go to exhibitions, but on your own, because if you're in two, you're never, no, no one's going to no, approach you. No, you've got to go on your own, take a good book um and flick through it and so and just sit in coffee shops and stuff i mean really if you're open and you're out there it's gonna happen something good can happen yay definitely and i tell my women and they say to me you know i really want to meet my life partner i said are you going out and they said no i'm not going out i said okay unless you're going to shag your postman we need you to be going out (laughs) that's it you've got to be in it to win it definitely in it to win it and be optimistic that there are at least 10,000 or possibly 10 million right people out there for us that we can be happy with and have good productive lives with. Oh, oh, thank you. Thank you, <laughs> Sally. That's really great. That's, that's been really, it's been really uplifting good, hearing good, good. that. And that's, and that's what I'd like the listeners to, to feel those people who are looking for a life partner or looking for whatever, you know, yeah. to feel that it actually is available. It just requires a slight shift in our perception. It does. A slight shift in perception. Yeah. And and we can have what we and we can have what we want. And your course is called now I'll include all the links to your course in the show notes. Right. Um and your course is called what's well, it's on, it's online dating how to be super savvy and That's have it. the love in your life you've been look seeking yes fantastic how to be super savvy and have the love in your life that you've been seeking fantastic so um 
I hope happy Valentine's Day, everybody, wherever you are, whatever you are doing, whoever you are with. Happy Valentine's Day. Know that um, whatever you desire is within your grasp. Actually, it It really is is within your grasp. And um, thank you once again for listening to the Perception podcast. Please like and share and follow and subscribe and let me know what you think. And I will speak to you next time. Bye. Goodbye.